Actually, no, it wasn't Dennis White. What? Was it? No, it wasn't Dennis White. I'm talking about. I'm talking about the wrong season. Cut that out. And welcome to season two of the Charlie Chats Footy podcast with myself, Charlie Casson. And it all kicks off today. It's Friday. Thank you for joining me. Just like season one, you can join me every single Friday as I'm going to be sitting down and having a chat with all sorts of creatives. Going to be finding out about their football team and why they love them so much. We've got some amazing guests passing through on the pod this series. So make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you're following on all the social media pages so you don't miss a thing. Now, this season is brought to you by Classic Football Shirts. If you've never heard of Classic Football Shirts, then you must have been hiding under a rock for the last 10 years because Doug and the team have created something special. You name a club, you name a national team, they've probably got it in a vintage football shirt. The guys up in Manchester, they've got an amazing warehouse with all these retro football kits. And um, if you're one of the people, if you're one of the 960 people that have joined the Charlie Chats Footy FPL fantasy league this year then you're going to be in with a chance of winning a 250 pound gift voucher to spend on your favorite vintage shirts at classic football shirts so yeah big thanks to doug and the team for um getting involved with that but if you are in that league thanks for joining it's going to be a right laugh there's someone who's flying at the moment i think he's called earth wind and maguire if you're listening to this congratulations because you've got off to an absolute fire start yeah, I hope you're all doing good. Thank you for joining me again. And um, thank you for listening to all the other episodes on season one because it's made me want to do it again because obviously people uh, people are liking it, which is good. Um, so yeah, this is it. This is episode one. This is with, uh, he's an actor, he's a musician. He's absolutely obsessed with Leeds United and Dundalk. And he's a huge, huge follower of the Irish national team. He's Niall McNamee. And I'm not going to give you any more on that because uh, it's a it's a special episode. This was the first one I've recorded in person, which was great. So we went down to a pub um, down in uh, down in West London. We went down to the, the Garden Bar, uh, which is ran by Bardi. If you're listening, Bardi, big up for letting us use your bar. So we had a few pints. Uh, and we spoke about Leeds and Dundalk and Ireland. It's a pleasure to have him on. Um, I know he's a big listener to the pod as well. So to have him on was great. Um, when we recorded, it was a couple of days before Leeds opened their Premier League campaign at Liverpool. Um, so that game hadn't happened yet. It was about a month ago. But um, yeah, sit back and enjoy it. You'll really, really enjoy this one. Please, please give the uh, socials a follow on Twitter at charchatsfooty. And Instagram at Charlie Chats Footy. We're also on Facebook, Spotify, Apple, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you subscribe so you get notifications directly to your phones. On all the socials, I'm going to be dropping guest announcements and much more. Uh, also, we're on Patreon. We've got 10 people who are patrons of the Charlie Chats Footy podcast. We've got some merchandise on there now. So there's like Charlie Chats Footy mugs, t shirts, hoodies, um, stickers. So if you do fancy helping the running costs of the show, of, of course, as it's completely self-funded, um, the podcast will always be free to listen to. But if you do want to give a bit of spare change to the podcast, 
which will get you added bonuses, um, unheard audio footage, photos, early guest announcements, early episode releases, all that sort of thing. Jump on, get involved. I'd really, really appreciate it. Um, that is patreon.com forward slash Charlie Chats Footy. I'm rambling on a bit now. Tell a friend, tell your neighbour, tell your work colleagues. If they like football, even if they don't like football, some of the stories and some of the memories and experiences that you're here, I think a lot of people can resonate with them, whether you like football or not. So, um, yeah, tell a friend, see if they like it, and they can jump on. They can jump on board and um, get subscribed to the podcast. And that's that. This is episode one of season two of Charlie Chats Footy with Niall McNamee. Enjoy. Football is is massively through my dad. My dad is a is a huge. He's obsessed with it. My dad is the man who goes. My dad goes to every home and away Leeds game. This lockdown was the first game in I think two or three years that he's not been to, wow. and that's including friendlies at some point. Um, so my dad brainwashed me in many ways. Um, we, we were we were in Leicester for you know, uh, and uh, living living in Leicester. Yeah, yeah. Totally went to school there. You know, brought up there. Um, back and forth to Dundalk all the time, but Leicester was was where we were in, in an Irish family. And my dad uh, just brainwashed me. He was into football from day dot. Um, I remember we. I remember when I first joined the football team in Leicester. Um, I played for a team called Rothley Imps, and they were which was short for Rothley Imperial. Very posh <laughs> Leicestershire, you know, almost like. It was where all the footballers lived for Leicester City. It was like a posh area. We didn't live in a posh place, but mm. and I remember this team was it was one of those teams that was non-league, totally like way off the track, but had been around for like over a hundred years. And throughout their whole hundred year history had played in AC Milan red and black stripes. And I turned up and played for this manager for a bit. And my dad came down to watch and after a while um he uh, there was that classic moment of my dad turning up, all the dads turn up from their kids, and the manager, one of the dads, throws down the clipboard and goes, I turn up and do the nets every morning, and none of you help out. If none of you, do you know what? I'm done with it, and says, one of you be the manager. So my dad, delighted, picks up the clipboard. And his first his first job as the manager was, it was a new season, given cash, probably like 200 quid, to buy the kit for the team. And for the first time in Rothian's history, Rothian played in Celtic colours, green and white hoops, <laughs> and a cross as the badge. And suddenly, having been on the bench, number 10 up front, <laughs> top goal scorer that year. That's a yeah. bias, isn't it? Yeah, he totally, absolutely brainwashed me. Like, um, I think uh, for some reason, my dad growing up on the border in Ireland, there was there there was a mix of... There was, it was a time in Ireland where things were so strong in terms of the troubles and everything that you couldn't really play... Gael- it used to be a rule that you couldn't play Gaelic football and soccer, as mm. the Irish would call it, or football as they call it over here. You had to pick one, and you'd get ridiculed. And Dundalk, because of the town and, and the way the team did, was very much a soccer football town. And, uh, yeah, my dad was Leeds United, and that was that was his life, you know. So how does your dad, where does Leeds come into all of this then? So as far as I know, well, well I, all I know is that Leeds were... On the easiest option is Leeds were the, the when my dad was growing up in the early seventies. Leeds were the best team in Europe, arguably, you know. Um, but the biggest fan base—if you go to Ellen Road on a Saturday, 
um, you will you will find uh, English, obviously Yorkshiremen. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Cockneys who are Leeds fans yeah. who, who like Cockneys would support. No, calling Cockneys here too. <laughs> <laughs> but the way the, the way like you know a lot of lads from London would would support Man United mm-hmm. or maybe Liverpool, but mostly Man United. <clears throat> Leeds. Ireland, Irish fans, and Norwegian fans. Leeds have a huge, Norwegian. huge Norwegian fan base. And as far as I know, the reason for it is, is around the 70s was when they started to show Match of the Day in the closest way we know it now. Right. Every week. It was the first time in the 70s. You look back at the 60s, it's got all that. And Man United come out of the bit. And it's not yeah. quite, it's, it's not commentary. It's, 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 a, it's like description. And apparently when Match of the Day first started, it was broadcast to Scandinavia. It's got a big Swedish following as well. Ireland and, of course, England. And at the time, Leeds were the team. We won the FA Cup. We had uh, Don Revy as the manager and Bremner and stuff. So it became this cult thing. So it might not be the same now, but ultimately, if you're Irish from Dublin, if you're from Oslo, Norway, and you're of a certain age, and if if their son is our age, Mm. there's a big chance to be a Leeds fan. You can buy three flags in the Leeds shop. An England flag with a Leeds badge, an Ireland flag with a Leeds badge, or a Norwegian Norwegian. one. Really? Yeah. I never knew that. mm -hmm. The the Oslo Whites was a a big part of our promotion. They they, 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 they booked chartered flights from Oslo to Leeds for Leeds games. No way. Mm. That's mental. I literally had no idea about that. Well, you know, we've had we've had a few. I mean, Eric Backer was was. I mean, this is long after, but we had Eric Backer, and, and when Tori Andre Flo signed for Leeds, I know he's been around the yes. houses, and he played for Leeds twice, I think. You know, big, you know, huge. And and I suppose the other thing for me growing up, uh, as I say, totally brainwashed by my dad. I could have supported anyone. Mm. Although I have a sneaking suspicion, if my dad hadn't brainwashed me, I might have been one of those people that didn't really have a club. Mm. who liked football. Yeah. I don't there's something in me that believes that me playing and everything is mostly to do with my dad and um and that if it wasn't for him then maybe I wouldn't have played Sunday League. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because actually you realize I don't know about you did you you played Sunday League? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You realize when you're when you're growing up that actually if your dad's not there to, or your mates at school aren't encouraging to come along if you can't get a lift mm. then I've got mates who are into football like Ed we were talking about. Yeah. Who never I don't think they did the 11 aside. They didn't go from, they didn't have to start doing the no offside yeah. rule at a 10 and all this sort of stuff. Oh, 100%. So, um, I think dads play a big part. Yeah. That. 100%. Like, it's the fittest, your thing you do, isn't it, with your dad? It is. Like, and him becoming the manager was was uh, was, was good. Hmm. I've got a lot, there's still mates of mine in Leicester who um, I'm friends with now, who I played with when I was like nine, and my dad doesn't talk to them because they signed for Mount Sorrel, who was the local team, they were doing well, and they were good players, and he calls them traitors. And it was around the time Alan Smith signed for United, and he was going there, he's an Alan Smith. He's an Alan. Yeah, but um, no, there was, I mean, all that, all that, I mean, it's important to say as well, it was a very exciting time when I started supporting Leeds, I don't remember. I don't remember being old enough to understand. When you're that young mm. and you're in the Premiership, you don't really know what the Championship is. You don't know what other leagues are. All I knew was we had a team that was doing all right. We're in the Prem. It was a bit after we'd been in the semi-final of the Champions League. I don't remember that. But you got to remember we had Robbie Keane up front when mm. I started supporting Leeds. We had uh, Stephen McPhail, who was brilliant at the time. Uh, Gary Kelly, Ian Hart. We had a big Irish. Yeah. You know, and that's just going into the 2002 World Cup. Yeah. Which 2002 World Cup with Ireland was probably 
I remember that more than I remember Leeds. Saipan. Saipan, yeah. 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 Um, which is another sort of, I mean, that that's my first memory. Yeah. So I was going to say, what, like, Leeds then, what, what, when when did you get relegated? It was 2004. 2004. Yeah. Um, so you you grew up on, like you said, like the Duca. Adderby. Yeah, Ferdinand, Kiel, Smith, Kiel. Ferdinand, um, Eric Bakker. There's, there's, there's so many players. I mean, uh, Decora, uh James, I remember uh, when we got relegated from 2004. I remember on we got, used to get the Leeds magazine once a month, and on the front page, uh, after getting relegated, it's uh, we had the we had a new white and Mackay sponsor. We still yes, had Nike, classic. just about. Yeah, we had the pinstripes, <clears throat> which my dad hates, and now I do because he brainwashes me. Going, we should never wear pinstripes. We always get relegated when we wear pinstripes, and he's fucking right. <laughs> But I remember, You've not got pinstripes this season. No, we you? don't, thank God. I've got maroon, which I don't think many people are happy about as a third kit. But I remember on the front page of this magazine after we'd had to sell everyone after everything, it said the future is bright. And on the front in these new Macron Leeds kits was uh, James Milner and Aaron Lennon. And uh, I think they went very quickly actually into the yeah, championship. Or I think it was it just Division One still called that. I think it was right? called, yeah. Div- yeah. Oh, it wasn't the it wasn't the it was Coca Cola about two years after we Yeah. Maybe it might have been the year after. Division one, division two, division three. Yeah. Yes, it would have been. And then it went Coca-Cola yeah. Championship. Because people forget that people find it really odd that the second division in England was called the Championship. Mm. Because it, if you won the top division in England, you won the Championship. Yeah. So my dad was like, "It's not so bad. We're in the Championship. That's what it always was." You know. So they would have been what Lennon, Lennon and Milner. They would have been sixteen, wouldn't they? Sixteen, yeah. seventeen. Well, what is that? someone said to me? Um, if if James Milner, because obviously Leeds' first game of the season in the Prem, if James Milner plays, which assume, yeah, yeah, assuming he will, he's played in all of Leeds' last thirty-one Premier League fixtures, and in that has the, the one of the people he played against within those thirty-one games is now fifty-seven. Who? I can't, do you know what? I don't know. Oh my! I just saw. It. I'm trying to work out who it is. Who he played against in the Premier League? He, it's either he played with or played against, but one of the players in the squad within his last season in the Premier League is now 57. We'll have to find that out. I can't think, for, but I mean, it could be anyone. So it's someone in the Premier League season in the Premier League. from 03 04 yeah. that played for either Leeds or another one of the 19 teams in yeah. the league that yeah. year. Yeah. That's the task for tonight. Yeah, we'll find it out. We'll have to. I'll tell you what we could come. do, right? Yeah. If you're, li- if you're listening to this when this comes out. Yeah. First person to uh, first person to tweet the correct answer the day on the day it gets released gets a prize. How okay. about that? Cool, grand. Yeah, we'll do for that. that. I just remember being about four and just seeing Beckham walk off after he got sent off against Argentina. Argentina. Yeah. So for you, if you could pinpoint first football memory, whether that be Leeds or anything, just what was that moment? I know for a fact that my first game, but I don't remember it, was my dad took me to see Leeds Forest when I was about two. At Elm Road? Uh, I think it might have been at Forest. Because yeah. another, not not to go off track too much, but one thing that my dad, because my dad lives in Leicester, which is why it's easy to go home and away, always is looking at, as I'm sure you are, with who gets relegated and yeah, yeah, where yeah, you yeah. can go that's close. Yeah. So all the Midlands teams are brilliant. Coventry, mm. Forest, Derby. Derby. If they're in the same league, you're fucking de- you're yeah. delighted. So at Aston Villa this season. Of course. Um, but, and uh, West Brom. And West Brom, mm. yeah. Um, I think, funnily enough, I think, I think my first memory, and I don't, I don't know which way round it is in terms of being at a football match, was being at Ellen Road to see us play West Brom or West Ham. 
but that is just I don't remember the game. I remember being in the crowd, and it was a wet. It, I might have seen one of them, and I just remember it was West. But in terms of my first memory, knowing exactly what was going on, mm-hmm. was Robbie Keane scoring last minute against Germany in two thousand and two. Yes, and I still remember. I think I can't remember the. It might be John Motson. I'm going to do it in the John Motson. But I remember the ball going up. Niall Quinn heading it down. Who, by the way, I need to say this very, very quickly because it's very important. I am named Niall after Niall Are Quinn. Are you? I'm named after Niall Quinn. There we go. So, uh, and I met him once in the lift after I signed with did my you agent him? for the first time. I did tell him. I saw this big guy and I'm, I'm named after you. That's the first thing I said to him and he went, oh, you're not, are you? <laughs> yeah. um, Good player. Uh, yeah, brilliant player. Sunderland, Matt, you know, mm. really big, big, big cult hero. But um, I remember that. And you can't say they don't deserve it. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, thank you. He's a Barnet fan, John Watson. Is he? Yeah. Barnet fan, mate. Love through him. and through. Do you know who else we had just on the 2002 uh, Island World Cup? Yeah. He played for, I think he, we were the last club he played for, Gary Breen. Gary Breen. Well, yeah. you he know, scored that World Cup. Do, I don't know if Barnet adopted the Ireland song for Gary Breen. And number one Gary is Gary Breen. Breen. Yeah, we two. had that weird old dream of a team of Gary there's Breen. A, we'll come back to it, but there's a very, that song is very important in, in a, a few big moments in, in football. Really? Yeah, it came down. Um, yeah, but yeah, my first memory definitely the 2002 World Cup. Because the thing was, was I. I I think football's changed a little bit, I think, mm. in the way people see it. I've been in loads of events, right, where you know it's great. If you're chatting to someone, you're an actor thing, and you don't, I don't know, I never like talking about acting or music or anything, yeah. really. And you meet someone you don't know, and you're sort of, and they're a football fan, suddenly it's great, you're oh, in. Yeah. Instant sort of. connection, yeah. But uh, there's been a bit of a thing now where I meet more, I feel like I meet more and more people who don't like football <laughs> every day. But in, in that time, I know that, Loads of English fans talk about you. You got given the class off to go and watch that 2002 World yeah. Cup. Your primary school, and uh, I don't. How old? How old are you? So I, I, I'm 26. Oh, so so it's the same as me. So we're the same. Yeah, age. 2002 World Cup would have been eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and I remember, um, I remember that World Cup because because I was I was at school in Leicester, but it was a Catholic school, and like this is part of the whole thing about the Irish Leicester thing. All my mates, I look. I used to worry coming to London that I might not be seen as an Irish actor, and totally forgot the way I sound and that my name is fucking Niall McNamee, and also look at the head on me. But, uh, <laughs> but at school, I look back. My mates called Michael Byrne, Jamie Keogh, Connor Lambert. Like they're all, you know, from Irish. Yeah, family, yeah, yeah. Even the second was Joe Leaney, Peter Mulligan, all this sort of stuff. And I remember there was a teacher who I watched the last game of the season. He's a good friend of my dad's now called Pete Sloan. And he was the he's taught me um he was a music teacher at my primary school and I remember he used to go around the classes and he used to know some of the Irish parents and stuff and he'd just pick up all the Irish kids from each class when Ireland were playing and off we went into the not into the hall because I remember watching I think it was England Brazil at yes, the hall. Yes, I watched that. And all of us done what's the point? But going to the utility room and Michael Byrne and Neve Hickey and, and all these people and, and he sat us down to watch Ireland, you know, in that World Cup. Did you, you play, did you come fourth? What? Ireland in that World Cup? No, we didn't. We didn't. You, you lost in the quarters? No, we didn't. We, we lost in uh, the, what was he called? Second round, first round. But wasn't it like if you'd won that, there would, would have been, have been an easy court. route. We yeah, I mean, do you know what? That World Cup was there for the taking. This is part of the problem with the Roy Keane thing and Saipan yeah. was that we... We we lost to Spain on penalties in in 
in the first round after the group stage, which isn't the quarterfinal, is it? No, it would have been the last sixteen. Yeah, yeah last sixteen. Yeah. So, and um, and like I, 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 like I look back at it now and I understand it. But at the time, you don't understand what it means for a World Cup to be there for mm. the taking. But with Roy Keane, it might have been slightly different. Yeah. But um, we should have beaten Spain by that. We, Ian Hart missed a penalty, and. Oh. Uh, I, I heard this frustration firsthand, right? Yeah. This is digressing slightly, but it comes onto that game. <clears throat> so me and my mate Johnny were in February, flew over to Dublin to go see my mate Paul. And, uh, Johnny Green? Yeah, Johnny oh, Green. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So we sat on the, uh, me and Jen, Johnny are sat on the plane, flying to Dublin. And there's this fella next to us, old guy, about 55, 60, get chatted, he's an Irish accent, got an Irish accent. And um, we're like, oh, what, what have you been doing in London then? He went, oh, I went to go and watch my mate. He was on Dancing on Ice. So I said, who's your mate? He goes, oh, it's my best mate, Kevin Kilban. Kevin Kilban. So I said, if you don't mind me asking, who are you? He went, I'm Johnny Fallon. I was the Irish kit man in 2002. Oh, off. And you told us. He's a legend. Yeah, Johnny he's, Fallon. He's known like, yeah. Is he actually? Yeah, yeah. I've got his number. He's, he said he'd take me to a Spurs You're game a when joke. he told me. Yeah. <laughs> That's... So he told it. he was talking about that Spain game and how how the hell you didn't win it. Yeah, that was. I mean, as I say, like, like not an age enough to understand what it means. Mm. That we should have won that, like we lost. So I was like, oh no. But yeah, Ian Hart missed a penalty, and then we, I think we lost on penalties. But I think it was again Robbie Keane. We got a last-minute penalty to equalise because they got a sneaky goal. I think that was it. Yeah, and um, and it just didn't go our way. So the Germany game was in the group. Yeah, Germany game. So we'd we'd. I still remember it. We. Uh, because that would that was the World Cup because it was in Japan. It was a really early kickoff. I know that and Brazil game against yeah. England was like eight a.m. Yeah. I still remember my mum saying to me, "Who's not a big football fan?" Her saying to me, "It's up early, so it's all going to be bacon sandwiches and tea watching football." And I was like, "Grant, we I can't remember what order we we drew with Cameroon first game. Yeah, we beat Saudi Arabia three 0 That was the Gary Breen game. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. He scored from yeah. the corner. Like legendary time, and it was just one of those things where, as Ireland often do just draw in a game that we probably shouldn't and mm. then we need to win against a class team to qualify. And uh, and again, Germany, we were all over them as mm. far as I can understand. Um, but that moment and the Robbie Keane, the, the spin, the, the iconic. The, uh, the iconic. Yeah. I love that he couldn't do that as he got older. He still tries it. <laughs> he scored last night in soccer. I thought mm. he was going to do it. He bottled it, didn't he? Do you know what? I didn't watch it and I was watching the... Um, I was watching the highlights this morning, and uh, and I still have a little smile on Robbie Keane scores, yeah. even though I, he 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 did he he did blank me for an autograph when I was eight years old. No so way. that was a bit of a and we'd beaten Cyprus three 0 that day, so it was a nothing game. And I remember we were um, something me and my dad can never quite really get over because he's well known in Ireland for being the loveliest, nicest man, and by any means, just kind of likes being the Irish hero. Mm. That's why he's playing at soccer. Age. He yeah. likes scoring. He likes being that. And has always been apparently very good at giving autographs. But I remember there was like four kids yeah. there and whatever happened. And I remember the worst thing wasn't that he walked by us. Was There was a tent for the press and there was a little gate and then there was the bus. And he walked onto the bus and sat with his earphones in in view of us for like 20 minutes instead of signing. I remember, I mean, Shay giving, almost gave me his gloves and like Clinton Morrison and all that lot. But I yeah, never quite got over that. Did he did he make eye contact with you? I can't remember, but I don't think so. I think he kind of walked by, oh, no. and uh, that was kind of a killer. But then you still, I mean, that team still got Damien Duff, yeah, Andy Reid, who I think scored that day, yeah, um, Richard Dunn, 
Richard Dunn. Was he in that team? Yeah, I think he was. I think he was in it by then. It was. It wouldn't have been too long after the the 2002 World Cup. But uh, was it, was Clinton Morrison at the 2002 World Cup? Clinton Morrison. It, people forget he was. He was. It was him and Keno. Yeah, he well, done you all know, right. Yeah, Clinton Morrison. Uh, I've always liked Clinton Morrison, but but he. I, I, I felt sorry to take the mick out of him that day, in my head for the fact that I got an autograph of him because. With all due respect to him, at that moment in time when you're an yeah. Irish football fan, you, you, you'd happily not see Clinton Morrison. You yeah. want to yeah. talk he's to not Robbie, Robbie Keane. He's not. Robbie he's Keane, not. And, um, All-time top goal scorer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, by, by far. I think Robbie Keane's the fifth-time all-time international goal scorer. Yeah. Um, yeah so. while, while we're on the topic of Ireland, mm. I didn't actually plan to talk about this, but mm. it's, it's quite a good thing to touch on. Mm. Going from that team in 2002... I watched the Ireland game uh, in the Nations the other day. Oh yeah, the Finland. Finland, game. yeah. yeah. It, it, it looks terrible. Yeah, it, look, it looks like a terrible, terrible Irish it's, side. It's it's not a team that would survive in the Championship anyway. No. Um, yeah, it's it's weird. But you know what? Funny, I don't know if you know this link, but Stephen Kenny, the new Ireland manager, mm. is the manager who brought Dundalk to all its glory. No way. Yes. So he's all the all the stuff. I know we'll get onto it, but all the all of the glory years of Dundalk recently is because of Stephen. He Kenny. was a gaffer. Yeah, he was the gaffer. Yeah. Let's talk yeah. about Dundalk. Yeah. Let's talk about. So, it. so, so, so are they? Would you say you're equally as, you know, close to Dundalk to your heart as you are Leeds? Uh, I. Do you know what? It's difficult, mate, because because the the league happens at a different time. Yeah. The Irish league starts at Christmas. Um, and you know the English league normally starts in August, and that is because so many people are both fans, and mm. they feel like it'd be better. Um, the boys who you know, Tino, and all my friends who you know from Royal Welsh, hound me on this question because they know it winds me up. They give me real ultimatums. Well, what if you could, you know, who would you support? And I never yeah. want to say it. And it's hard because uh, I know you do the club and country thing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. But with Dundalk and Leeds, it's been hard because, quite frankly, when I was growing up, Leeds and Dundalk were both below the top division in their respective countries. And even on the BBC website now, you can't get any information on the Irish League uh, in the Republic. Um, so there was a while there where I couldn't follow Dundalk for all, even on telly and stuff. Yeah. It was Satanta for a bit, and that did it sometimes. But um, ultimately, I, I probably have to say Leeds, um, just because it affects me week in, week out, uh-huh. and I can—I don't know—it's hard because because you don't want to start saying anything like, or, or it's not that I feel this way, but like I don't want to start saying that. Ultimately, my I was I was re um, I started enjoying Dundalk more when they started being back in the Premier League in Ireland, but it's so hard to follow. Mm. Um, you know, but, imagine trying to follow Barnet and you lived in America. Yeah, that's that's what it kind of is. You can it's better now, but when I'm growing up, Dundalk are, are, are nowhere. I remember collecting coins outside of Oriel Park, the Dundalk ground, to keep us in business. We were dead, absolutely dead, and it was only because of local businesses keeping Dundalk afloat, and then and then a lot of clubs in the Irish league when when Ireland sort of boomed, mm. spending loads of money, that meant those clubs above kind of dropped because they lost it all. That meant Dundalk could come through. And then we got Stephen Kenny, as I say, the manager. And suddenly we've gone from collecting buckets outside the ground to, to, Europe. to Europe and being a goal away from playing Celtic in the no. European Cup. And uh, I can't really describe... The way I describe it is they are different things. 
Leeds and Dundalk. Yeah, they are different things. Because I've never liked... Uh, people will question me on this, and I know you've had people on the podcast who've, who have a couple of... Like, they might have a lower league team yeah. in England. And I don't like... I, I'm not a fan of that. I, I, honestly, if Leeds went out of business, which I've had to think about in the past, I could pick a team, but I don't think I'm, it's going to be the same. But, uh, yeah, for a while it was... Dundalk gave me so much joy because yeah. Leeds were doing nothing and you know me and Dad were going over and watching Dundalk playing nothing games in the middle of division you know the second division in Ireland and uh, I know you've mentioned to me before you've had a few European nights there haven't you what's that like there's there I, I can't say I've had a many better moments in football than seeing us equalise last minute to Alkmaar which is just outside of Amsterdam yeah 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 that was quite recently man. yeah well do you know what it's one of these things that it probably is not that recently it's probably about three or four years ago but yeah. it feels recent yeah. I remember of, that yeah it was um, it was big we've been to loads we went you know St. Petersburg and um, away yeah yeah and uh, where else did we go um, Alkmaar uh Oh, that's class. Yeah, mate. Because I, I remember the draw was so terrible in terms of we wanted a night and we were in Russia and we were in um, and and uh, Israel. Um, what's the team? What's the team? Um, oh, it's gone out of my head. Ha- Mac- Maccabee Haifa? Is they, yes, they yeah, yeah, yeah. Or Hap- Hapoel? No, who is it? No, it was... Um, no, yeah, it was... Maccabee Haifa. Yes, Or was. Maccabee Tel Aviv. Yeah, it's Maccabee Tel- Haifa. It was Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv, yeah. There were, gr- there were great times. I mean, I remember... There was a feeling when we first started qualifying where you wanted to go to all of them, but so did everyone else. And there was some, there was some like some of the places at Rosenberg in, in North Norway. I remember like being in Rosenberg, and it was the time of year where we knew that if we won against Rosenberg, mm. then ultimately, statistically, we'd probably be playing Celtic. And this is a team with your man from, uh, he was playing up front for Arsenal. What's his name? Bentner. Uh, Bentner. Nicholas, Nicholas Bentner, Bentner up front. Yeah, yeah. Our left back, our, it sounds, it's not true, but our left back's essentially a postman, and like, and and we 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 drew with them at home, and drew with them in ninety minutes away, and they scored an extra time, and it was gutting. But what what it was a real apart from the fact we lost because we outplayed, and Dundalk have played in Europe a lot before. Dundalk played Spurs and have played Celtic and you know all this sort of stuff in in the past in mm. the distance past distant past. But what I kind of thought was so romantic about Dundalk in Europe was we started to play in huge stadiums. And, you know, when you see a small team from a small country playing a, in a big stadium in there, just in the little corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was unbelievable. Yeah. You know, um, we started playing the Aviva a bit afterwards because there's weird European laws once you get past a certain stage, Oriel Park, which, you know, our, our cop isn't called the cop, it's called the shed because it is a shed. <laughs> It's it's beyond like Barnet's ground is far better than Dundalk. Really, most of the League of Ireland stadiums are far better than Dundalk. We we have no, without me going too much into it, there is there the part of the amazing thing about Dundalk is there is there is no reason I can't think of a necessary equivalent, but there's no reason why they should be doing well. It's not a major town. It's the biggest town in Ireland because it's not been made a city. It's on the border between the north. It's had. It's it's you know it's 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 called El Paso in Dundalk uh, in Ireland. It's called it's like the bandit country. It's really like uh, you know during the troubles was the place where people escaped and, of and all that sort of stuff. It was and and uh, it was built. It was originally a railway football team because we've got a train station there. And 
almost similar to the to England in a certain extent, and most countries, most of the teams in the capital, most of the teams won come from the capital in Ireland. You got Bohemians, and you've got um, you know Shamrock Rovers, and you know all that sort of stuff. Dundalk is it's not a major anything, but the football team is everything. It's such a big thing. Come on, the town is the thing because we are the town, and uh, to see us a team that had not been anything special for a long time in Ireland suddenly become because I'm sure I'm sure you you remember over the years seeing in Europe oh Derry City are playing yeah, yeah, in yeah. Europe and yeah, yeah, yeah. playing Red Star whoever and Shamrock Rovers Dundalk came in and just didn't leave we we were at the top for a while we're actually not doing well this season but are you the top team in Ireland we're the champions but we're third you won the league last year yeah and what's it looking like it's not good we're having a lot of problems now uh, we've had a change in manager. Stephen Kenny is now the Ireland manager, although he's been away for a while. But there's things with the owners apparently that's a problem. It's the classic, apparently. Like, are we just sacked our our recent manager? And I think the fans really liked him, but we're getting to a point now where now he's been sacked. He started mm. sort of going, well, the owners wanted a, a a phone built into the dugout and wanted to pick the team. And, you know, we've heard that before where the owners start wanting to pick the players who are going on and you're starting at 11. So there's a lot. We'll see where it goes, but we're not anywhere near the top. Rovers will win the league this year. Shamrock. Yeah. Mm. And Shamrock Rovers, for, for someone who supports Ireland and Celtic and all that, and if I'm basketball, fucking why not the Boston Celts? Yeah. But but I, we hate Rovers. We hate them. And they hate us, and it's great. <laughs> but we hate them. Um, so you must have been quite happy then when then, uh, the island manager got appointed. Was it bittersweet because he left Dundalk but went to your national team? Well, because originally the plan was, and it was a bit of a weird one, was I was delighted in the sense that it works really well and that Mick McCarthy was... Because everyone was saying it's either Mick coming back or Stephen Kenny, who's the former Dundalk manager. And they decided, because Stephen Kenny was very good with youth players and he knew the League of Ireland and because of the way the English league's going now, there's a big push to try and find more. Yeah. People are saying there's no talent coming from Ireland. Certainly not the likes of Richard Dunn or Robbie Keane or Shea Given. Yeah. None of that, especially attacking. Troy Parrott, is he? Yeah, but he's, he's, he's not really been in. But, you know, yeah. yeah. It's, 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 you know what, we're, we're at that point now where it's going to be totally new. We've, we've got um, the lad from Southampton who didn't even get in the squad, Obafemi. Um, Obafemi. Yeah. And he, he did a bit of a Jack Grealish Twitter thing of, you know, the what's this all about kind of thing. But um, no, the plan was uh, Mick McCarthy will take us uh, through this European qualifying campaign. And if we qualify for Euros, then he'll do the Euros, and then that's him. Stephen Kenny will stop being the manager of the under 21s Irish team and come in because mm-hmm. of COVID. That contract ran out. So Mick McCarthy has been the manager for the all of the um, qualifiers. Yeah. And this, these have been Stephen Kenny's first two games, and he's had three days with the players. Right. So I'm not... I didn't realise it was yeah. that soon. Yeah, it was Mick McCarthy was supposed to take us right up. We're playing Slovakia next month to qualify for Europe uh, in the playoffs. In the playoffs, of course. And, and that's not even... That's the semi-final. And you could get North, though. Could get the North, which... which, which which all I can say is thank God it would be without fans assuming it would be because is that that's trouble isn't it that's that's next level it's not happened enough um, but um, we played them once in I don't know if you remember there was a thing you know they used to do the home nations football yeah uh, England did, did, didn't want to be a part of it and the Republic never worse the Republic slotted in and we played this was years ago this was when you'd 
you remember about 10 years ago the Repub- it was England the best mm. by far qualifying for everything probably even if badly the Republic maybe for some and then Scotland Wales Northern Ireland just terrible yeah just at a time when it was that so Ireland ditched the whole league and it was such a nothing tournament that it was it looked like the, the virus had happened when we were playing Northern Ireland in Dublin but playing them which it will be in Belfast totally different thing do you think Totally, yeah, yeah. Because there's there's a lot of animosity there, mm. and uh, I'd love I'd love them I'd love us to be one team. And really, there's a, lot, there's a big talk about it now. But the problem is, is the biggest issue with that isn't just joining a country together. It's that if FIFA's rules are if if the Republic and the North join as one team, they have to have one league. Right. Um. But you've already got Derry City playing in the Republic. And, yeah, so yeah. how does that? Because Derry City are a Catholic team, and um, and a very Derry's very. It's like Belfast, but it's far more Republican. So uh, there's too many riots and fights and all that sort of stuff. But uh, so like, yeah, would it if if Ireland did play the North? Is it trouble if there was fans? You looking at? Lots I think of- I think so. To be honest, I, I'd hope not. But there's something. I remember being in Chichester doing a play when the Euros in 2016 were on. With Tim? With Tim, yeah, yeah. 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 It was just before me and Tim moved in. And this is a whole thing, because I know we've, you've talked on the podcast before about getting an acting job during... Yes. You know, and here I'm filming next week for just one week, and it happens to be falling when on Leeds. the day Leeds are playing their first game oh, of the Premier League oh, Liverpool. But typical, At least it? I can't, couldn't be at the ground. At least I'd probably yeah, be able yeah, to yeah. catch it. So anyway, me and my dad went home and away to every Ireland game for the qualifiers 2016, Bosnia, mm. Gibraltar, whatever. Qualified for Europe in, in, in France, booked all the flights, had tickets every game as long. If we got to the final, it would have been at everyone and got this part in Chichester. And uh, it's it's a it was a play about a load of soldiers. So all the lads in the play are all squaddies, like we're all most of them big football fans. And most people gutted looking at the games they're gonna miss. I remember England Wales was during the day yeah it was and it was a couple of days after our press night and the director called us in just to rehearse no. and we'd already opened and i'll never forget tim tim will kill himself for saying this right but we're the 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 assistant director is um a liverpool fan and even i'm gone there's a couple of welsh lads but most english lads gone they only want us in for two hours but they've picked the two hours the game is on can you try and move it? Because none of us, none of the cast, football or not, mind if we do this in the afternoon or the morning. So uh, the assistant director went, leave it with me. I'm going to do it, but I have to do it very tactically. So Tim thinks it's all sorted in the middle of rehearsal. And I, the day before goes, so uh, do, do we get... Do, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Tim pressing him against the mode. And he goes, so like, are, we, are we getting rehearsal off to watch England-Wales tomorrow? And the director went, what? And everyone went, oh, no. And he went, no, we will not. So, so of course, suddenly the, the rehearsals are during that game. <sighs> that was really hard, mate, that Euros. Yeah. Because it was the first one that I would have been really old enough to have gone to and had the full crack. And my dad went. And it, it was frustrating for people who weren't football fans because the dressing room was just every night. We Our show was what on probably at half seven and kickoff was at quarter, past, quarter to eight. So you missed the Robbie Brady, Italy, 
lost. We, as far as we were concerned, as far as I was concerned, we were out of that Euros. We'd we'd lost. We drew with Sweden. We'd lost to. Uh, I always get mixed up because we had a couple of the same teams. Who were we playing? We lost to Sweden. No, we drew with Sweden. Sorry. Then we lost to Bulgaria. No, to Belgium. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, who were brilliant that year? And drew to. Yeah. Uh, no. No. So then we we need to beat Italy to get into the next round. And we've been terrible. And we didn't look good enough. We weren't terrible, but you could just you know when you look at a bunch of lads yeah, and go, yeah, with well, yeah. all the will in the world, lads, we're not going <coughs> to fucking beat Italy. Doesn't mean I didn't care. So I'm backstage going, I know, right, if a game kicks off in the evening because it's all the same, I know if, if we've got a play on, I can watch the last 10 minutes of every match. I remember finishing. It was nil-nil, kept checking. Ran up at the end of my bit, ran up and ran through the door. And just as I get to the dressing room door, my pal opens it, Ed, and he's got this excited face in him. And he's shaking his arms. He goes, <gasps> and I go, what? And I walk in and Robbie Brady's doing that iconic, like crying on his knees. And we'd beaten Italy. And I remember going, oh, like just... Oh, my God, my hair's a tingling. So, so this is the moment, right? The whole time we're watching... We got to watch the Sweden game with everyone. And bring me back, because there's something about Northern Ireland, because they were in that Euros as well. Gary Brain. I'd been off the drink just to keep, like, just to try and keep fit for most of it. I was going to probably do it on press night or a bit later, have a drink. And my agent had bought, bought me a bottle of champagne. I hadn't touched it for about a week and a half. Just get it out. <laughs> and suddenly, I, I've already taught the lads, because it's a joke, everyone in the dress room in Chichester, all these single lads, number one, it's Gary Breen. <laughs> number two, I've got a video of it I somewhere. I'll have to send it to you so you can put it on. But uh, That's cool. Uh, all I, of us with World War One mustaches on. You know? Oh, mate, you can't I, buy that stuff. I put, a, I put because it was set in World War One. The, the most successful picture I ever put on Facebook was me in the, to- you know, the World War One. um, You've got the stuff wrapped around your ankles and the boots and stuff and yeah. the dung, you know, the dung. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had that with my Ireland top on, sitting on the trench in the play. And I said, that moment when you turn up to France for the Euros, but you're 100 years too early. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, got I was, a few, few likes, did it? Yeah, I was brilliant. <laughs> but I, got, I was good because we were on Monday to Saturday, our play. Alex Jordan comes over to me. He's a big Brighton fan. And he goes, you do know this means you're playing France on a Sunday next week. And suddenly I'm like, what? And we're in Chichester, which isn't far from Gatwick and stuff. So I'm going, well, he didn't. Well, so I book it all. I go, I'm in. Dad's got me a ticket. He's going, do you want me to sell it or not? I'm going, I'm coming. So I'm planning to finish the show on a Saturday night. The run? Finish the run? No, no, no. Not finish the run. We're starting again on Monday. Right. Finish the show on a Saturday night. And keep... I want to make it clear here. I'm young. This is my first, like, proper play in somewhere like Chichester. And uh, finish the show on Saturday night. Get to Gatwick Saturday night. Fly over to France. Watch the game on the Sunday. And then come back. The problem was the game was in Lyon, not in Paris. Lyon's quite far away. So... Anyway, I book all that. It gets around the cast, and someone in the cast tells the director. Now, yeah, looking back on it, looking back on it, one, fair enough, I realise looking back on it, that if I'd missed one train, if I'd missed any train or bus or anything, I was fucked, basically. But the other thing, that genuinely, naively didn't realise that there's a rule in your contract that you can't leave the country. Oh, really? Because I knew people were going to London for auditions or whatever on a Sunday or sometimes going back to where they lived. So I didn't book it out of, we'll try it. Yeah, like sneakily. Yeah. Genu- it was genuine. I yeah. can make- when it was in my contract, it was good. 
And uh, anyway, the video of my dad sobbing to his camera after Robbie Brady scored. I'd never, you know. Mate, I'm sorry, but I don't know. I'd probably, I hope, well, they won't be listening to this bit. Whoever told you or direct to me. Uh, I'm, they're I'm they're not listening it. to this bit. No, well, no, I hope they're not. Oh, right. Yeah, I was going to I was going to say something, but I just won't risk it. Any names? Any names? No, no, because no, no, because because because. All right. Here's here's all I'll say about it. Right. It's a it's a bunch of squaddies in a play. Right. A bunch of lads playing this laddie thing. And not everyone was the young lads. And some people had no interest in football. Mm. And I think some people were really annoyed that the whole run was taken up by just the football. Euros. football. Every, yeah. The play was, you know. Sounds terrible because I loved the play and it was brilliant and and uh, you know um, when you got mate it's like it was so hard mate because we it wasn't like like Ireland hadn't qualified for we qualified for 2012 but I was still at school and it was just, yeah me and my dad hadn't really started going to them my dad goes to every home and away Ireland game as Does well he? there's moments my dad will f- will fly from Leicester to Dublin go up to watch Dundalk on a Friday night because the Irish league is on yeah, a Friday they play night. And then fly to Leeds the next day and then watch Leeds. And then there's been moments where he then on the Tuesday, it's international week, and he's flying out to Poland. You know? That is class. He loves it. Um, my dad used to do all that. He's been to all the work, 1988 World Cup, uh, yeah, the Euros. Uh, so what, what is it your dad, I know he's got an affiliation with Leeds. What is it he does? Because I've, I've seen him on some sort of YouTube. I watched a bit of his YouTube uh, video. So this is great. Um, when my dad was... Um, what my dad was when I was about, I think it was about fourteen or fifteen. There was this competition uh, for um, if you, for you write an essay about someone who you know is a big Leeds firm and why they love Leeds and how committed they are. And if you win, you get to do one commentary game in the box with LUTV, which is with Norman Hunter, who's my dad's favourite player. I think it was Eddie Gray at the time. All these like seventies legends and the other commentator. And I wrote one in just off the cuff and he won so suddenly my dad's getting invited up I think his first game was uh, Leeds Stoke and so he's in, he he's got to do that because box. you well this is it he's doing his first game and dad's looking at the Stoke team and this uh, these young players are coming on from I think it was no it wasn't even Stoke it was it was Tranmere I think it was it was someone really small and my dad knows all the Tranmere team and there's some young lads that my dad's going I'm very proud of him coming on he's a, he's a good player I've seen and 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 then he starts talking about how the fact the only reason he's proud of them and knows anything about them, he's proud of them because he signed them on Championship Manager. <laughs> and suddenly people love it on Twitter. So suddenly he gets asked back for more games and more games. And then suddenly he's the, he's, if he's abroad or if he's... He gets rung up after every, uh, after every Leeds and Ireland game by Yorkshire Radio, uh, BBC Yorkshire. And when Jack Charlton died and stuff, for his opinion. And then for a while on BBC Yorkshire, there's Jerry McNamee's joke of the day because he does one-liners, right? <laughs> so it's amazing. Like, he's, 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 if it was ever within his grasp when he was growing up, he was born to be a pundit because mm. he's obsessed by it. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. So he doesn't do any, like, commentary or anything? That's not his job, no. No, he's, my, dad's, my dad's in the housing. Um, he used to be a bricky, and then my mum sent him to uni when I was about ten. I think I was a bit younger, and now he's freelance. He's got his own business, so he can work from home. And he, his his house is. I promise, my mum and dad aren't together anymore, and mm. that's all grand. But since then, every week home and away leads home on away season ticket. Every picture on the wall is of Billy Bremner. Or Billy Bremner's the lad who. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. But, Like 
it's his wall is like my dad's house looks like a Leeds United themed pub. Mate, he's got the dream there. He has a bit, you know. That's the dream. Um, I brought my girlfriend there, and she. She was like, this is, there's no art anywhere. And I was like, yes, there is. Yes, there is. Yeah, it's <laughs> all art. art everywhere. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's um, yeah, he's definitely, my, my dad sort of said uh, that his job was done when, when he brainwashed me to be a Leeds fan. Oh, that is cool. And something I was going to say to you early when he first turned up was, I'm finding it really difficult to transition to when someone asks me who I support now to say Leeds United and not finish with, unfortunately. Because now you're. Because now we're. In the Prem. We are. Yeah. So what was that like then? Because obviously you, like you said, when you were 2004, you got relegated. Yeah. We weren't really old enough to know the hurt, what it feels what like means, to be relegated. Yeah, yeah. You don't know what it means because, you know, you're, you're not old enough to really understand no. what's going on. You know you've been relegated, but it doesn't hurt. So what you, you leads for you mm. is League One and the Championship, essentially. Yeah, it is. And I'm kind of like, now we're in the Prem, I'm glad it was. Because it makes it so much more special. Yeah, I almost feel sorry for a lad who's eight years old who's a Leeds fan now, assuming that we stay up, which mm. I, which obviously every fan's going to think, but I don't think Leeds are going to be a yo-yo club. I feel no, like no, signings we're making and the fact we're a big club. Statements and, of intent, even that Rodrigo know, breaking the record. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is all big stuff. Yeah, it was... It makes you realise how, how, like... Uh, Placid, the word like like you know we went through so many managers, mm. almost like two a year. It felt like, and no big ones. And the financial debt we were in, which I think I can't remember how much it was, but looking at the amount of people play, people are spending on players now, uh, looks like nothing. But we really were in trouble. There was yeah. there was a, a good few moments, a good few moments of being a Leeds fan where I really had to think about. Am I going to have to support a different team because because it looked like we were totally gone out of business? Mm. And uh, I think Leeds are a lesson to a lot of clubs. I feel like more clubs would, if it wasn't us, it would have been someone else. But describe to, to describe it to 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 someone who's young now, who's been following football for the last three years. It's like you know Tottenham in the Champions League final last year. It's like them getting relegated this year. Yeah. Um. We were kind of on the brink. We were doing well. We went to the semi, didn't you? Yeah. 2001 yeah. or yeah, two? Yeah, 2001, yeah. Yeah. You nicked our best striker off us in 2007. Who was that? Trezor Candle. Trezor Candle. Do you remember him? Yeah, because he was at Leicester as well, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Our, he was our best. I think he scored a hat-trick at Underhill, our old ground, at home to Rochdale. Yeah. And I think you nabbed him off us in the January. I was like Trezor Candle. Yeah, he was a good player. I mean, I'm sure Barnett's the same, but you go through so many players, mm. like... Jesus Christ, it's it's hard not to, even though it seems so hard. I think it, historically, when we get to, if we stay in the Prem now, and that's us for a long time at least, it's going to be hard for young people to understand why people love Jermaine Beckford so much. Yeah. Because they'll look at it and go, but he only scored to get you up in first, in League One. Yeah. And you go, no, but he was he went on to have a, He scored a famous goal at Old Trafford, didn't he, in the cup? That's an amazing moment. Yeah. Uh, it was the... Uh, it was it was the fourth of January, third round, my birthday. Was it away at Old Trafford? And the mad thing about that game was he scored. It was a one nil game, and he scored in the nineteenth minute. Yeah, against Man United, he went round the keeper, didn't he? Was it Van der Sar? He didn't go round the keeper. He he. The ball came over. Can't, it might have been Housen, but it was. I think it might have been someone else actually. Ball comes over the top, and 
it just falls like in front of the He's kind of one on one with his player side him. Just the worst touch ever to bring it so close to the keeper that the keeper's almost got it and then just tips it underneath. Yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Toe taps it. And uh, I remember going crazy. That was the best moment ever. But what people forget about that was that was the year we had minus 15 points. We're in League One in the third division and we start the season with minus 15 points. And we didn't lose a game until Christmas. Well, we did. We lost a couple, but we were top on Christmas Day. Wow. We were minus 15. We beat Man United in the Cup, and we won for another eight games. We didn't win. We didn't win, and then we ended up in the playoffs and lost to Doncaster and then go. Ah, yes. I remember but that. to go from minus 15 to being top at Christmas, yeah, no one thought it was going to be 16 years. I know, mate. That's long, and no one th- and, and leads every year because we're there's an arrogance to us because we're a big club, but I think most people my age have spent the start of every season going, this is the year. We'll yeah. So what's the difference then? What let's talk about Bielsa. What has Bielsa done? What's he done that managers prior to this haven't been able to do? I remember when Bielsa came in, and I don't know what I don't know what you knew about Bielsa before Leeds, but I've been told he was the head of Argentina and Chile and and uh, and Newells and and all that sort of stuff, and was well renowned by all that. But we've got to a point where we'd had so many managers who. So we were just waiting to see. Yeah. And I remember we finished, I think we finished about 15th or 16th of the season before. With the same players? With the you... same players. I remember we start the next season, our first, we had a really lukewarm mid-season, which is fine, but we were playing Forest Green and really terrible clubs. And I think we lost 4-3 to Oxford was our second to last game before the league started. And we're playing Stoke City on the first game of the season. Yes. I remember I was in Belfast uh, doing Good Vibrations, so I was in a pub watching it. That's the first episode of Take Me Home on Amazon Prime. It is, and there's this whole thing. I don't know if they say it in Take Me Home. I, can't, I, I watch it now, but I, I couldn't watch it until very recently because we were hurt so much by last season. Mm. But you looked at that squad and you thought, oh my God, this great guy who's supposed to be a brilliant manager has the same shite players. Our captain, Liam Cooper, was known as League One Liam. We're playing Stoke, who, by people forget, were favourites yeah. massively. They just come down, didn't they? Year. Yeah, they yeah. had. There's a joke, isn't there? How many Stoke players have been in the Champions League semi final in the last five or six years? And so many. Mm. James McLean looked like terrifying to us. Yeah. And we. we Tore them apart in this Bielsa for 3 1. Yeah. yeah. And that was a big part of it as well. I think we were 2 1 up and they scored and we went, oh, here we go. So basically, we, we play Stoke and everything was transformed. Then suddenly we're going, this is football we've never seen. Bielsa's ruined football for me. It makes watching Ireland and Dundalk play really difficult because, or anyone, yeah. because you watch it and the way he plays, the passing football. You know what it's like supporting an English team? No English fan wants to see it passed around the back. Yeah. Get it out! What I noticed, though, from the Bielsa team, I watched Leeds quite a few times last year when they were on telly. Mm. They just press and press and press. The fitness levels. They've got a thing called Bielsa ball. No, That's murder on... ball. Murder isn't, ball. Isn't Bielsa ball? I, I yeah, Bielsa, sorry, Bielsa ball is a tactic on which FIFA. Which is on FIFA, yeah. yeah. But murder ball is what the Leeds players call this training session they do, which is basically they play football for a long time at match. But there's no breaks. The ball goes out as a train. Someone who's, a, a, right. who's throwing the ball back in, and part of his genius, just easily enough, is that every Leeds player has said on record that they've not come up against a professional football match that is more tiring than Bielsa, the murder ball. Mm. Um, so they're all fit. They all look skeletal. We we're worried about some of the players. They'd lost so much weight, mm. and so many players who were nothing. Bielsa is very. There are players in that squad that he went. It just won't work. And then some players who were terrible 
he was like, he's my man. I mean, look at Bamford. Patrick Bamford, our striker. Any other manager would come under pressure to get to just take him off or sign someone else or whatever, and he wasn't scoring enough. But Bielsa knew his worth. And uh, basically, I'm at a point now where I'll never know as much as Bielsa. I'll never look at football in the same way again. It's so much more intricate than I ever believed, yeah. you know. Before, I, mean, I might looked at a football match and gone, I reckon on the right day, if I've been keeping healthy for the month before, I might be able to do a job. <laughs> of course not. Jesus, so different. When he came in, um, the the talk of some of the things he was doing was like he, before he signed uh, to be manager at Leeds, he had worked out what the uh, average earning was of a working class person in Leeds. And uh, for that, made every player once a week later pick. So the players <laughs> knew what, what someone had to do to earn a ticket to go and watch them. These little things ah, matter I see. massively. He he takes all of the fall for when we lose and none of the credit when we win. And um, and it was lovely to see us win promotion this year and the championship because he came alive a little bit. He's become this granddad figure of, of Leeds and to see him celebrating. He's the sort of man who sits on his bucket, that weird bucket he sits on. You hardly ever see any emotion other than a little yeah. uh, jabbing of the fist when we score and uh, to see him actually enjoy it. You can see a lot of players. You look at Ben White, who was our main centre-back. Brighton now, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Well, was he on loan? He was on loan at Leeds and he's at Brighton now. And I think he's, by from what his agent said, ultimately, honestly, was disappointed not to stay at Leeds. But mm. it just was Brighton didn't want to sell him to, to Leeds. To a rival, yeah. To a rival, which I don't know if I believe in. I don't know what I think Brighton think, but um, but uh, but I think part of the reason Ben White would be disappointed is because ultimately, look, Ben White can go on and have a great career, and I really like him. But I feel like there's a few players that will have Bielsa to thank for their whole career. Yeah, Even Calvin Phillips getting to the England squad mm-hmm. wasn't going to happen. Calvin Phillips could have been he's a great player, and who knows? But ultimately, he's become a, a, a star player. There's rumours he's starting tomorrow. Is that for England? Yeah, read that I today. Because because the only thing I'll, I'll hold against uh, Calvin Phillips now is is if he ends up making me watch England games, then, uh, <laughs> then I'll be annoyed at him. Well, um, I think he was in the in the line to start anyway, and now yeah. Foden's. Well, people are going been sent mad because he got in ahead of Grealish, but they say ahead of Grealish, different position and stuff, and uh, I can't say that. Uh, I can't say that I'm sad not to see Grealish kind of team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, him and. Uh, you know who's the two players that have been? There's two players left out now because they broke the bubble. Foden and Greenwood. Yeah, and um, those. My dad messaged me today, going, "God, if it was only Declan Rice and Jack, Jack Grealish." Do you not like Rice? At least the same as Grealish in the Irish oh, they setup. Left Ireland, yeah, of course. Uh, in in a worse sense, Declan Rice because Declan Rice played for Ireland played in a couple game, of friendlies and stuff. And uh, ultimately, I've been asked, uh, and my dad's been asked a few times, Grealish, he's not played yet. Would you have him back? I absolutely wouldn't. You wouldn't? No, I wouldn't because, because as I said, with all, with all the Leicester thing and everything. Yeah, of course. We're built on, and I'm proud of this. We're, and some people don't understand it. We're, we're a country built on uh, people moving away. So naturally, you're going to have family members. Like, look at every single Irish footballer you like Robbie Keane, Damien Duff, all the, apart from a few that probably moved back to Ireland. If you've had a good career in England, the chances are you're going to live there. So every Irish football international you know, most of them have an, a son that could be called English. Yeah. But they're Irish, you know. Look at Kevin Kilban, Preston born and bred. Mm. 
You know, the story of Kevin Kilbane was he was playing for Preston under 21s and or whatever the youth thing was at the time. And Sam Allardyce was the manager for the under 21s and uh, or the manager for Preston at the time. And Kevin Kilbane was his young player. And Sam Allardyce is buzzing because he's got the call before Kilbane has. But one of his players at Preston's got the England call up. Kevin Kilban doesn't happen this way around that often, right? Kevin Kilban, Preston born and bred, Allardyce is delighted that one of his young players has an England call up. Apparently, almost beat the head off Kevin Kilban when Kevin Kilban went. I want to play for Ireland, though. I want to play for Ireland, though. You know, Mick McCarthy, Jason McAteer, uh, John Aldridge, all these players were a country built on people moving away, which England yeah. isn't. So it makes total sense to me. Mm. There'd certainly be no question in my mind. If I was a footballer and for whatever reason that would never happen, if I was the best footballer in the world, right? And, um, and Ireland for some reason didn't pick me. And England were going, well, you're born in Leicester. Do you want to come play for us? If Ireland had said, we will never pick you. I wouldn't have an international team. I can tell you that. Really? I promise you. No way. I promise you. Yeah. And that's for what reason? Because, it, because it, do you know, it's, it's not an anti-Englishness at all. It's not It's not like I was embarrassed at me and my Welsh friends when we watched England, England Columbia during the World Cup. Yeah. It, it was embarrassing for us. We were sat in a pub and uh, with a bunch of Welsh lads in England are winning against Columbia. And we're all sitting there going, do you know what? Our friends are English and they're very supportive of us. And I'm sure you, Charlie, specifically have a soft spot for Wales, do you? Or yeah. do you not? You got, I, I imagine you might have got a bit of stick for being English, so probably don't dislike them. Yeah, I got, a, I got a bit of stick, but I don't I don't hate them. You know what I mean? My girlfriend's Welsh and I'm there all the time. When, when, when they play England, I fucking mm. want them to lose. Mm. When I watch them... You know, yeah. Welsh. The Welsh hate the English, yeah. but I don't necessarily hate the Welsh that, just because they hate us. Yeah. They're just they're, they're, they don't mean anything. I, I I didn't like growing up as an Irish lad in an English school. I didn't get um, like Irish hatred or racism in the way that people might if they're from a different country. But one thing I did get was stick every year. Yeah, to the point. It's same with Leicester City. I must have been the only person in the UK that wasn't necessarily pleased that Leicester won the Premier League. Just because so many of my friends are Leicester fans, like, oh, I'm never going to hear the end of this. So with England, it was always like it meant a lot to me that England might not do well. Is that they, because you're? Is that the brainwashing of your dad? Again? No, no. See, this this is not. It's not. It's it's not political. It's nothing about this. It's. I mean, I suppose it's brainwashing in the sense that I support Ireland, mm. but because I was, I've got a load of English mates, and Ireland didn't play England for a long time. The last time they played before recently was 1998. Mm. We were winning England 20 minutes in, I think, uh, started writing and the game had to be called off. But, like, there's this thing of... It's it's like, it's the reason why... England and Ireland are like Leeds and Man United in my head. It's a rivalry. So I couldn't play for them. I see, Do you right. know what I mean? That's and understandable. So, back to Bielsa. Mm. I want to touch on Spygate. Mm. Just because it was a it was a big thing, and it and it sort of backfired in the sense of like you know Derby had the last laugh. Yeah. But um, I guess what I want to ask you is, mm. do you do you agree with that? And are you are you proud that that was your club that that did that? Listen, there's 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 a very important thing that I think all football fans need to acknowledge, which is one thing that happens to your club. You'll agree with if it happens for you, but if it goes against you, you totally disagree with it. I don't know the ins and outs of what the etiquette is for for training. So, as a Leeds point of view, 
being and I'm being openly like proper biased Leeds fan. It sounded like there wasn't a rule, and then there was because of Leeds and uh, and Bielsa spying. I mean, what happened was an, an intern was on a public footpath watching a training session. But the worrying part of it at the time was that Bielsa called a big press conference after it. And the last time he called a press conference like that, he'd resigned from Lazio after, I think, two days being the manager, which I'm glad because I hate Lazio. It would be really hard if he'd had a good career at Lazio <laughs> to really go, well, he's a great man. But um, my thinking on it is, is I understand in principle why it's odd, but Bielsa did his press conference and basically explained that it was the most unbelievable press conference. It comes up in the documentary in the Leeds thing of how insulting it almost was to assume that him, an intern, being at a derby training match would have any effect on us playing them. It was horrible that we lost to them in the end because all the spice stuff. But one thing about derby, right, and like I... <laughs> I don't want to put my foot in it here. Listen, I've never had a real problem with derby. There's historically stuff because of Clough and all that sort of stuff. But... um. Mate, go for it, because I know Derby fans. Yeah, I know. Leads. Yeah, I know. And that's grand. that's grand. That's grand. Do you know what? I think forever there will be a Leeds-Derby thing, and that's grand. I don't know if you saw, but Le- Leeds got um, Le- Leeds got fined uh, because we celebrated at Derby, because that was the first game we played this year, yes, getting promoted. We, didn't, we, did, we, we were already up, and we were champions before Derby, by chance. And I, I, I can't be too ungrateful for that. Because I wanted to win, and that meant we were going up. And my dad was like, "We've had so many pockets over the years. Let's just take <laughs> yeah, it. Let's take it while we can." But we got we got uh, fined a lot of money, and there is a bit of a thing with the football league because the minus fifteen together. But um, we got fined for that, and uh, and we I was annoyed that we got fined for celebrating the way we did at Derby because one thing that no one ever talks about is that Derby left a human shit in the Leeds United dressing room when they beat us that night in the playoffs. And that's never talked about. Frank Lampard talks a lot about Liverpool, and you know he had the argument Klopp. with Klopp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're a champion, if you're doing well, you should know how you should be respectful. They left a human shit in our dressing room. Though. Do we? Do we know who did it? No, we don't. DNA still on it. One of the cl- one of the people associated with mm. the club, and they they celebrate. And Roy Keane had gone mad. Not that I'm a big fan of him, but I do like him as a pundit. Roy Keane had gone mad at this this celebrating, having not really won anything yet. They hadn't. They lost in the playoffs. And obviously we had our little thing with with Villa. But however, at the end of the season, even though they they got to the playoff final and stayed down and actually had a terrible season, I think it all came back round because Bielsa won the Fair Play Award because of the goal he gave back to Villa. Yes. And people said that Leeds were scummy then. And let me tell you, Leeds fans don't care about being hated. It just means we matter, we matter again. But uh, not every manager would give a goal back. What did the fans think of that? Because I remember watching that and I was like, ooh. Well, that was a culture moment. That was a culture change in the club because because uh, you might remember if you've seen the video, Pontus Janssen is the one player who tries to stop the goal being given Who's back. now at Brentford. He's now at Brentford yeah. for a very good reason. He was disruptive. He's got an ego. Every player being signed for Leeds now is very specifically signed because they don't have that ego. Right. We couldn't have a um, Jimmy Bullard at the club. There's no room for it. But Leeds were very much built on that. It's the same reason why football's changed for me. You know, that whole kick out, get yeah, stuck yeah, yeah. in, all that sort of stuff. I love that. But there's a there's a, a thing with, with, with Bielsa Leeds players and Bielsa players in general. You've got to be humble. And you think, so you think Ellen Road that day or when they went home? Ellen Road that day loved Pontus for it. And then Pontus 
was sold. And Pontus, to be fair to him, was at Leeds the year before and, and was a cult hero and he had that Leeds come on yeah. thing. But ultimately, we're starting to realise what it takes to be a Leeds player under Bielsa and it's that we are we are not we are not the players that do that. If Bielsa says you do something, you do it. And as far as I know, Pontus was sold because he was a disruptive player. I think that's going to stand you in good stead for the Premier League. I hope so. I'd like to think that we could... Uh, I don't know, at the end of the last season, the way we were playing, I thought top 10 easily. People don't know what they're getting. I don't know. We've lost 3-0 to Stoke in the pre-season. Did you? But I've got, we've got more more than more than ever so many players out on international leave. Yeah. Um, we'll see. I don't know. We're playing Liverpool first game. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, Liverpool will be tough. I think it's an interesting one, though. I, if you look at Sheffield United when they won the league, they, yeah. won, they won the league, didn't they? The year before. No, uh, Norwich did. Sorry, the gear, yeah. the gear well, they overtook us. Yeah, they, they came. Second. Norwich were so far gone that the league was second place. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sheffield United, they came second. And if you watch that championship team mm. with the fullbacks and how they defended and stuff under Wilder, mm. I see a lot of that in Leeds. Yeah. And I'm wondering, can Leeds emulate what Sheffield United and Wolves have done it's, when they've come up? The, the problem I have with that, and I understand the logic to it, is that Bielsa is a whole different kettle of fish. Mm. Like he's, is it everything he does is, it, it's not the same. And and uh, who knows with Bielsa how we'll go? Liverpool will be very interesting. So it, could you imagine if you get a result there first day? I mean, wouldn't it just be amazing? Um, I was I was a bit worried about us playing Liverpool, and then my dad reminded me we didn't get promoted to play. Fulham in the first game of the season we yeah. got promoted to play Liverpool yeah but um well I've stuck I've stuck Ailing and Dallas in my dream team they're on the bench for Liverpool but they're uh, they'll be coming on Dallas is I mean Dallas was one of the real he was but I mean one of the real like he's kind of gonna be useless kind of stuff before Bielsa came in really yeah I mean for all of them were really and I don't not that any of them might listen to this but if they did I don't think any of them would mind thinking that in hindsight that most people weren't excited by them and yet they asked at the end of the season mm. who's the worst player of the year and it's hard to pick and it's hard to pick the best as well. That's amazing. Apart from Pablo. What do you think of uh, Rodrigo then breaking the breaking the record fee since Rio Ferdinand? I'm excited but I mean I was excited to sign Patrick Bamford and uh, I like Patrick Bamford but who also uh, there's a plane yeah, a little plane going over <laughs> landing in Heathrow shortly. Um, we'll see. He's, he's, he had an assist for Spain there in the mm. last minute he also draw. missed the sitter. Did you he see did that miss the sitter, yeah. Apparently he's got, what, has he got no right foot or no left foot? I don't know, he rounded the keeper. Yeah. He was just gaping yeah. and he's, he missed he's, it. He's, he's, I think he's left-footed and he's got no no right foot to speak of. But do you know what? I'm I'm, I'm ready to bow down to Bielsa's uh, wisdom and just mm. trust it because he doesn't let us buy flashy players. For nothing. 27 million is a lot of money as well. Yeah, biggest sign since, since Rio, as you said. Yeah. You've got to give him a chance, but he has... I did see his record. I think he's got four goals in last season in La Liga. It was se- it's seven. Seven, is it? And uh, and uh, Is that in all competitions? Yeah, I think so, yeah. He scored at Stamford Bridge, yeah. didn't he? Um, no, you're right. That's it. But then you look at Bamford. And and we had Enketia, remember, at yes. the start, start of the season. And he was scoring a few. But Bielsa didn't really want him there by the looks of it. He's got his own way. He knows what he wants. <clears throat> he does. And it's a different way of playing. It's not a British or Irish way of football. It's not... I don't know that he's interested in a goal scorer, a classic goal scorer. All I know is, is 
that the Premiership requires. Sorry, I've had a couple of beers too many here. Um, the Premiership requires um, a key striker, a goal scorer, less than the Championship does. Yeah. So I'd hope it would work. God knows. But I knew we wouldn't make many signings, but we've made. They've all counted, you know. We'll yeah. see. I, I've no idea. I mean, apparently the the big. I mean, we'll see when this comes out what happens. But like the big one today is it's very very keenly seen. The Harry Wilson signing for Leeds. Really, massive on loan or permanent? Permanent, and it's and it's, huge. and it's and it's you know yourself looking at speculation about transfers. It's one of those that looks kind of good to go. That'd be huge. Bielsa's not signed his contract yet. Is he not? No, he's been furloughed. Is he? He's he's. he's <laughs> He's a man who doesn't sign his contract until everything's sorted out on his agreement and what he wants. You know, wow. Bielsa is a man who, who paid to build training facilities at Newell's Old Boys. He doesn't. The money. It's not about the money for him. Yeah. You know, he lives. You know, Bielsa lives above a sweet shop in the town near Leeds. Does he? He's he's not where uh, he in Harrogate. Does he? Yeah. He lives above a sweet shop in a no little way. flat. He's not. He's. He's. I promise you. He's. He's. He's a maverick, and uh, no one can know where he's going to go. All I know is, is, is whatever he does this season, he's a. He's a legend. A statue coming to him. I think. I think you'll do well. I think. I can see you, you do finishing. Think will, yeah. I think. I see you finishing in the top half. Yeah, I think that'd be for fair. sure. For sure. I think the the owners have said we want three seasons in the Prem, clear, good to go. We're not a yo-yo club. I don't think fans will be able to take it after being down for 16 yeah. years. You're a big club, big club. But it doesn't always matter. Look at Forest. That's true. Forest, when they went down, you know, they've won the European Cup. Like, you know. Do you like that everyone hates Leeds? I like that we matter. I used to get annoyed at Man United fans for a bit going, I like Leeds a bit. I was going, no, that means we're terrible. We're a big club and uh, the fan base is huge. We'll see, but I've always thought that if we could get anywhere near the top of the table and get promoted and be in the Prem, then you've got everything to play for. You're going to attract some players. A big club like Leeds and Bielsa, yeah. even though some players signing now are probably too young to remember, even younger than us. We'll be back up there. So, predictions. Predictions. I'm going to put us. All I'll say is I'll put us battling around seventh in the, the season. Yeah. And we'll see. But uh, this is this is optimism that I. You've got to be optimistic, though. Of course, of course. You've got but to be I, a pessimistic. No, fan, and I never am. Every season in the sixteen, we're getting promoted. Even the year we got relegated. But <laughs> I don't. The Premiership is is foreign ground to me. It's going to yeah. be good. I'm going to learn about the Prem. I'm such a self indulgent football fan. Yeah. I don't really know any squads in the Prem. I'm uh, Leeds through and through. You know. Nice. So, you know the drill. Mm-hmm. Any footballer, past or present, you can play him in a movie. So, I don't know what the rules are of me playing this footballer. Um, uh, but, um, it's a Dundalk player. <laughs> but, 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 I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bore you by just telling you about some Dundalk player that was really good that I liked that no one else will. There's a player who played for Dundalk in, uh, uh uh, the 60s when Dundalk were playing in Europe he was a captain uh, player of the year in the League of Ireland uh, Dundalk's top goal scorer called Jimmy Hasty. Jimmy Hasty. Jimmy Hasty. and the right. reason why I want to play him is because he had one arm no way one arm played in the European Cup captain for Dundalk player of the season in the league player for Dundalk top goal scorer one arm he didn't take throw-ins but he was brilliant at everything else <laughs> 
No way. Yeah, I've I, even even I've been in touch with his family and stuff. He's from Belfast originally. Is he still alive? Jimmy, uh, this is at a time when uh, football wouldn't pay enough for it to be your wage after you retired. Actually, uh, a Catholic from Belfast, who after finishing playing for Dundalk in the European Cup, set up a bookies in Belfast and was shot dead uh, by uh, during the Troubles. Uh, I think by the U- yeah the UDA, I think it was. Yeah, so a, a weird ending to, to the story, but ultimately the hero, the picture on the wall in Dundalk, the massive one, is Jimmy Hasty, the captain, best player in the league, top goal scorer, who had one arm, Jimmy Hasty. That That's class. who I want to play, and I don't know how it's not been made already. I've met, I've, I'm in contact with his family. I'm writing it myself. Are you actually trying to? Uh, but uh, you know, I think I, th- I get the feeling that a few people have tried to write it and tried to mess it up or not try to mess it up and have so I'm being very careful with them but uh, it's got to be him and you're actually going to write direct and play Jimmy Hasty I mean yeah if I get paid for all three of them <laughs> <laughs> no I don't know I have no idea about that but it needs it's a story that needs to be told I'd be jumping at it if it was already made or if someone had the scripts and stuff so I'm going to try and write it myself but that's a story that needs to be told yeah, he, was, he played against some real with decent European well. star like, and I've seen footage of him one can only imagine the uh, the lack of balance. And, you know, you think how much it takes modern day footballers and footballers in general to be perfect yeah, and even height, to hold it up, weight, everything. Brilliant footballer, Jimmy Hasty. That's who. Did I your dad? Did your dad ever see him? Was he? Um, was that before his time? No, I think my dad seen it. He did see him. You yeah, I think did. he might have been sixty, seventies. I can't actually remember. I should know this because I've written yeah, it. But it's been so long since I've talked about it. But uh, but ultimately, it's got to be him. Um, but. Not, not that it would be like a, I don't know that it'd be a truly interesting story, but mm. my favourite player of all time is a, is Gary Kelly. Oh yeah, one club man, played for Leeds, played for Ireland. It's from my neck of the woods in Ireland, Drada, uh, same county. Where are you from? Uh, Dundalk. Yeah. What did you say, Drog? Drada. Is that the county? The, is so that spelled with a G in, in the middle? No. So Louth is the county. Right. But in Dra- in Louth, there are two towns, Drada and Dundalk, and we hate each other. And Drada is the one with. Yeah. Silent G in yeah. the middle. Yeah. yeah, I remember seeing them playing them on Sky and the Sky one where it's Dundalk versus Drada, and she went, uh, This game from the League of Ireland, uh, Drogheda versus Dundalk, because there's an, <laughs> an L in Dundalk, and uh, yeah, Drada. Um, so, um, yeah, I think Jimmy Hasty would probably have to be the story. If you, I don't know if you agree, but I think, mate, I'd love to see telling. that. I'd yeah. love to see that. It's a bit like, I don't know if you listened to Thomas Craig's episode, yeah, I did, yeah. And he, there's that guy, um, what's he called? I forgot, you no, know, I met. Good job. Yeah, I did. Yeah, where? Um, I met him in a pub in Wandsworth a couple of times, he and, did, then, yeah. and then and um, then he's a friend of mine, a friend of Brendan's. I don't know if you'd remember me, but we were talking about Sheffield Wednesday Leeds, and then I hadn't spoken to him in ages, haven't spoken to him in years, but I have seen him in an audience of a play that I was the lead in. I no saw way. him as I bowed and went to go and try and find him at the end, and he wasn't there. No but way. Whether he'd remember me or not, I don't know. But it was long before I was doing anything really in acting that I. Uh, I met him. So, he yeah. was a good lad. Mm. Yeah, no, he said he'd play the bloke who had got his leg amputated. Yes, that's right, yeah. I forgot his name, but mm. uh, I fucking forgot his name. I remember. But yeah, similar to that. Mm. No, mate, absolute pleasure. Top man, good thank man. you very Thanks much. Good luck to Leeds for the season. Come on, Leeds.